Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Comic Obsessive. This is episode 21, 20 Uno. My name is Jason Dehart, and I'm Adam Piles. And we are so excited to be talking with you today about one of Adam's picks. We met at a sandwich shop, and Adam pitched this book to me in, in the way that a publisher would, <laughs> described it for me. And I was I was enjoying my sandwich and thinking, what in the world is this book going to look like? What is this going to be? Trying to envision it and was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with with what I found in its pages. So, Adam, what what is the book that has drawn your attention? So we are looking at Rom Space Night number one. Um, it was a 75 issue series that came out of Marvel. It started in the late 70s and ran through the 80s. Uh, guest starred lots of people, X-Men, Power Man and Iron Fist, I think Fantastic Four, I think Galactus was a bad guy at one point for him, Terax, mm -hmm. the Tamer uh, from uh, the Galactus lore, um, somebody else he fought, um, the Mad Thinker, the Space Phantom, um, but he, so he interacted with Marvel quite a bit. Um, you want me to launch into a summary right now, or you want to just talk about the book in general? We we could talk a little bit about the book in general if you want, and then we can talk about kind of the the backstory of it and all of those kind of things. Because I I mean I have a connection to this book in that it's set in West Virginia. I spent the first nineteen years of my life in West Virginia, so I love that aspect of it, and I'll yep. I'll say a little bit about how that works. And, and I just love the cover before we dive into any of the pages. For 40 cents back in 1979, you too yeah. can enjoy uh, Rom Space Night. And I love the, the chromey look. I was reading somewhere, is this Frank Miller? It is. I thought yeah. so. Yeah. He, he's, he has done number one. I'm not sure about number two, but I know that he did like three or number four. So I don't know how many covers he did. But yeah, um, it, I guess it would have been a pretty young Frank Miller. I guess this would have been mm -hmm. pre Daredevil. Fame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 1979. Yeah. 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 Um, probably even would it have been pre Robocop? I think probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was written by Bill Mantlo and drawn by the interiors were drawn by Salby Sima. Mm -hmm. um, Jim Shooters, editor in chief. Joe Duffy's editor, Bob Sharon, colorist, Tom. I think you've pronounced his name correctly before. I don't. I I'm going to try. I'll, I'll go for it. Orzakowski. There you go. So you I, made it sound good. I, I think that's what it is, but I haven't double checked that. But yeah, I mean, even down to the letter, you know, I mean, Tom Orzakowski has done so much. Uh, several Marvel titles, Spawn. Um, he, he's been around in the business. So Bill Mantlo was uh, known for ROM because I think he wrote, mm -hmm. I think he wrote all 75 issues. Uh, if he didn't write all of them, he wrote most of them. Um, and he was also known for Micronauts. So he kind of brought mm -hmm. some toy properties into Marvel because, you know, Marvel was huge at the time, still is, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. But they were getting all the toy properties and making... Uh, some really good comics from them. If no one has ever sampled Micronauts, uh, 
that's that's some pretty amazing stuff too um oh what is it michael golden he was the one who mm -hmm. drew mm -hmm. micronauts with uh bill mantlo writing it and it was really it was really good stuff um but i read a little bit about bill mantlo and uh he was saying that he was just kind of he had given the toys to his kid I think at Christmas time and he was sitting there like with the Micronauts toys and just kind of imagining stories about them. And like, I, you know, I don't think there was much in the way of a backstory for them. And so he just kind of sat there and fleshed it all out. And so, um, he was known for the Micronauts and ROM, but he was also, um, creator or co-creator of rocket. Mm -hmm. you know? I think it was, I think it might've been co-creator. I think co-creator. Co yeah. Okay. And, and cloak and dagger, I think yep. as well. Yeah. Yep. Cloak and dagger kind of a sad story. He was, um, so at first when he got into the comic industry, he was just known as kind of like the, the fill in guy. He was really good at the, the fill in issue. Um, but then of course he got his break with the titles we've talked about mm -hmm. and he wrote those for a long time. And I think he was pretty well regarded, um, in the circles of comics, but then, um, Sadly, in 1992, he was the victim of a hit and run. Uh -huh. And so he is still alive, is uh, what I saw. Maybe you have something different about that. But um, still alive, but, you know, not, not in good shape. I think he has to be cared for. And that's such a tragic thing for, you know, it, it would be for anybody, of course. But he was such a good writer um did such great things in the comic field so it's kind of hard to see him uh struggling with something like that you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah and um i think i'd messaged this to you earlier today we've actually featured a title uh i believe that he wrote i believe he wrote invasion uh, if i'm not mistaken um which was a couple of episodes back when we were right. talking about the invasion miniseries. So kind of interesting how you can see the overlap between this story where like, uh, there's this thing that comes from space, you know, that kind of thing. And then DC, I believe had him do invasion. If I'm not mistaken about that. seems like he really kind of found his groove in the, in the space story, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rocket, ROM, micronauts, invasion, all those are very space oriented sci-fi uh veers more towards the sci-fi but um getting back to rom rom was a toy in the 70s and in the back of the <coughs> first issue there's an advertisement for the toy mm -hmm. but it's a drawing it's a drawing for the toy and so i saw that when i was a kid because i didn't have number one as a kid i had number three it was in tatters but it was still readable and I really enjoyed it. And so that was my introduction to ROM. But it wasn't until, I want to say, in the last five years that I actually looked up what the old toy looked like. And it's pretty rough looking. Like, I, I yeah. Yeah. Like, I was kind of hoping it would have, like, a, a quirky 70s appeal to it. But it, it really just kind of looked awkward. Um mm -hmm. But so the, the comic way outlasted the toy uh, in popularity. Um, and so ROM ran for 75 issues. And then 
Um, Rom made a couple of more appearances, but somewhere along the line, Marvel lost the rights to mm. him. Mm. And they were held by Mattel. And so even when like Power Man and Iron Fist would guest star Rom, and then they would reprint those Power Man and Iron Fist that run, but they couldn't reprint that one because they didn't have the rights to Rom. Mm. So, yeah, they had to keep, you know, skirting the issue with Rom. He did show up in uh, a relatively modern Hulk issue in the 90s. Um, the wedding of uh, Rick and Marlo, uh, because Rick and I know Rick, I don't know if Marlo. I think just Rick was in the old Rom series. And so Rom made an appearance at the wedding, but he was in his human disguise or his, his human form. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and so I guess that's kind of how they avoided it there. Um, but yeah, the comic way outlasted the, um, the toy, but looking back at this comic, I can see why I really liked it. Um, you want me to dive into a, um, a summary of this by all means i'll, I'll also say did, have you read the time magazine review of the toy by any chance <laughs> no just, no yeah uh time magazine if you look uh back in the day they had an issue where it's like uh on the cover the rom toys there and it sort of peels back um up at the corner and they said they were they were scathing about the toy and basically said that it would wind up you know, under the the sofa, not played with, and, and I mean, I can kind of see that it's it's kind of your generic robot yeah. looking kind of thing. Apparently, it, it made heavy breathing sounds or something like that, and <laughs> and blinked lights, and that was kind of it. But uh, yeah, it, it's nice to see that they took this, that uh, Marvel took this along, and Bill Mantlo took it along, and and made something really cool out of it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're looking at this uh, first issue of ROM, you know, the first thing you see is a comet, but it's not a comet. It's ROM coming to Earth. And so ROM crash lands and the, the title of the comic is called Arrival. And so just like you said, he arrives in West Virginia. Um, he arrives in basically the path of a car driven by Brandy, who he... Um, you know, forms a connection with, and she eventually becomes like his, I don't know if they get married, but they're definitely romantically mm -hmm, mm -hmm. involved. And, but at first, of course, Rom, who appears to be huge, right? Like he's not just like a six foot suit of armor here. He's more like, I don't know, maybe seven or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pre pretty tall character, pretty imposing yeah. So he kind of causes her to crash, but he saves her. And then as soon as she gets out, um, he pulls something out and kind of bathes her in this light. And she thinks that she's getting ready to die. But what he's really doing is checking to see if she is human. And when he figures out that she is human, he leaves her alone. He flies off. And then you get a bigger picture of West Virginia. And then you see or, you know, this little fake town in West Virginia. And so Rom goes into town and starts shining this light on everybody. And they think he's getting ready to kill everybody. Mm -hmm. But again, he's seeing if they are dire wraiths. And that's his big enemy. I'll go into a little bit of the fictional biography of the character in a minute. If you 
want to hear about his battle with the wraiths. But he uh, he finds what he's looking for. He finds humans that look human, or beings that look human. But when he shines his light on it, he can see that they are not humans. They are the dire wraiths. And so he sends them to limbo. But from everybody else's point of view, he just killed, killed a couple of humans that they have known their entire lives because it's a small town. Mm-hmm. And so everybody flips out because here's this huge hulking metallic robot from space that's killing everybody. Um, he runs into Brandy again and let's see. Yeah, he tells her his origin because it's a first issue. You got to have the origin. Absolutely. So the origin is that Rom was on uh, the planet Galador, which was very peaceful until the dire wraiths invaded. He volunteered to be uh, the first to defend, and he became the first space knight. And so uh, eventually about a thousand others joined him as space knights, and they were able to turn back the dire wraith invasion. But then Rom wasn't happy with that. He like wanted to just obliterate the dire wraiths. And that was that became his mission. So he's been flying around for two hundred years looking for dire wraiths until he mm-hmm. lands on Earth. And he finds them on Earth and he keeps sending them back. And there's a lot of scenes of like destruction and the military's trying to stop them, but you know, they don't understand what he's really doing. He's not they don't understand that he's on the side of the good. And then there, he keeps sending dire wraiths into limbo. And um, by the end of it, you can see that there are, you know, people higher, like higher ups in this little West Virginia town. And they are uh, alerting people that Rom is here, that Rom, or not people, but other dire wraiths, that mm-hmm. Rom is here to, you know, send them into limbo, which is his mission. So what was your take on this? What's what's something that stood out to you about this issue? Yeah, I mean, I have been curious about Rom because shortly before we met and talked about it, it's really gotten more attention in the past couple of months because Marvel is releasing, I think it's the Omnibus in January 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was really curious. I'd never really checked it out. I'd kind of heard about it, seen people post things about it. Um, but I was really glad to check it out. And I'll say that one of the things that stood out to me about it was that it kind of has a classic monster movie meets science fiction film kind of thing happening. Like, yeah. I, I really appreciate that because it, just reading it, I can almost see it as like a, an EC style comic or something like that, where, you know, Ray Bradbury could have written this or, or somebody like that. Uh, not your typical or prototypical superhero story, um, at, at least as far as the first issue and the way we immediately get into the story. There's this like something mysterious coming into the town. Uh, you have those panels where Rom is sort of looming over people. And then as you described in the scenes where he's sort of like analyzing people to see if they are in in the dire wraiths or if they're people and then obliterating them if they happen to be dire wraiths it, it's it has that like 
really not horrific, but thrilling kind of like 1950s, 1960s monster movie kind of thing that happens where, you know, they're gone and there are two craters left. And uh, so that was that was my immediate take. It reminded me of things like Starman in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, where you have something mysterious that that comes to Earth, and then the small town that has to make sense of it, and, and what a great setting for something mysterious, strange, and unusual. Uh, having grown up in West Virginia, I can mm-hmm. speak to that. I think I, yeah. I probably went to school with some dire wraiths. Now, yeah. now to think about it, as part of, that explains a lot. It explains yeah. a lot. Um, but very, very cool in that way. And then even going into like the origin, really told nicely with those flashbacks. Um, at the top of, I think it's page 19, uh, you've got a kind of a jump back into um, the space, uh-huh. the space area where he's from. And you have like that top panel that looks very horrific, like bodies sort of floating. And then we immediately go into something that looks very much like... Uh, a science fiction kind of film again from maybe the fifties or the sixties or something like that. So it has that classic feel to me, which I really enjoyed. And as I said, as you were describing what this book was going to be, I was trying to picture in my head, well, well, what does this look like? Like when he's obliterating dire rates, bottom of 22, very bottom panel. Yeah. I, I loved how Sal Buscema rendered that uh and he does it in a couple of places in the book where you can see like a character being pushed into limbo and i don't even know how to describe the panel it's just a really cool interesting use of a single panel and that happens in a single panel to get to see so uh those were some some on the surface off the cuff kind of thoughts as i was reading this and and glad you recommended it and kind of kind of interesting to read a book that's based on a toy rather than the other way around right and and then to get to go look at the toy and kind of see i i just thought and wish i had gone on youtube to see if there were some like older commercials uh oh yeah yeah see see the toy in action um but you know you and i grew up in in the day and age when and continues to be the case this continues to be the case uh a character gets introduced in a movie or a comic or a little bit of both. And then there's the action figure line that comes along the, the marketing. So kind of a cool story behind this character. Yeah. Yeah. And you were talking about Sal Buscema's art. And I mentioned this before that this comic, the way it looks, um, it to me is what a comic looks like. I guess it's because it's from that era of comics that I, I guess I was alive for, for it, but of course too young for it. I was like one uh, when this came out, uh, probably less than one. But these are the comics that made their way to me in like the mid and late 80s. Mm-hmm. And so this style of comic, the way the art looks on the page, the way the coloring is done, the way the effects are created with really just not to be insulting, but some kind of primitive coloring um, and really good art. I don't mean primitive bad. I mean, it's what they had at their disposal, but they were able Mm -hmm. to accomplish such cool effects, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. such cool effects with this. Like when he uses his, uh, 
his analyzer or his neutralizer. Just knowing that this is just lines on the page and not really digital digital art you're looking at, uh, but they're able to really capture mm-hmm. such such good special effects. Um, Salvi Sima was at the top of his game right here, in my opinion. I guess this would have been... He was probably drawing the Incredible Hulk 2 at this time. Is that right? And Sal Buscema's Incredible Hulk is like one of my favorite Incredible Hulk runs, like in the early 200s. It had to have been around this era. Um, So maybe he was actually doing two books a month, which is crazy because these are not sparse pages. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of lines on these pages, mm-hmm. and a lot of panels. Like I'm just looking at uh, page 22, and you got six panels on that page, you got six mm-hmm. panels on the next page, just full of panels. There there were no, oh my gosh! Like when you look at the last page, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten panels <laughs> on one page which sounds crazy, which sounds like it shouldn't work. But it does. But it does. Yes. Yeah. And I love I love Bill Mantlow's writing. Mm-hmm. And after reading it, I kind of went a little ROM crazy and started looking at some old back issues of ROM and looking up how the story plays out. Mm-hmm. It's quite tragic, actually. Like, uh, more dire wraiths... Um, invade this little town when Rom is away and I think kills everybody except Brandy. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's just um, it's just a, a very epic in, in scope story. You know, it's not just a, let's make the toy look cool on the on the comic page. It was it was a good narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I think so Jim Starlin later on later on took on the book I believe like much later I believe oh, that's okay. the case um changed the character's name to Artur or something right. like that right um yeah so it, it's had an interesting kind of history so well. he did so let's see it was with IDW I think maybe because yeah. IDW had it for a while. So I think that Bill Mantlow did the 75 issues, and then they came back with like a a little mini-series by Starlin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that Marvel did, and that's when they kind of brought in that whole... Because they couldn't refer to him by ROM. So yeah. it was then that he got that nickname of Arturo or whatever with the nod to the King Arthur stuff. And yeah. yeah, you're right. I was I was pretty excited back in 2015 when IDW released a uh, free comic book day ROM. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it didn't hold my attention very it much. It didn't have the magic. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's just my opinion. Um, I also noticed, I have also noticed I'm a little weird where, like, I'll pick up a new comic. I'm like, ah, this isn't for me but then somehow i'll see it later and i'll have access to all of it i'm like actually this is very quite you know this is quite good um <laughs> i don't know why i have that 
stupid reaction sometimes. But um, so maybe you know the old IDW ROM series is great. Um, Some sometimes things are worth a revisit, and sometimes they're not. Some yeah. I, there are books that I, I and I won't name any by name, of course, because that's not my jam. But there are books that I'll try out and be like, ah, and then I'll go back to them. And uh, same thing of either like, wow, I, I missed something here. There's something really interesting going on. Or sometimes I have the same reaction, which is part of the deal, I guess. It's part of the deal. Yeah. Um, but you, you were talking about the coloring. I think, did you say it was Bob Sharon that did the coloring? Yeah, that sounds um, right. Just looking at that. Uh, two page spread 14 and 15 it's not a spread but like just looking at those two pages together we've got some orsakowski working there with the legend of the space knights which i love yeah feels very epic and then like even the there's a little bit of i don't know if you call that kirby crackle at the top of 15 but just noticing some yeah. of the effects some of the space effects yeah with, with some of the coloring that happens there and even the the front page, the first page, which is not a splash page because it has those three inset panels, but it is also really nice it is. Uh, for seeing the characters, seeing the coloring, seeing the lettering and all of it come together. I'm going to point out the gum fighting do's and don'ts. And for those of you that <laughs> have the original issue and thanks to Adam for sharing the hubba bubba original issue with me, uh, practicing your perfect stance for popping gum <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but but then also uh you know i mentioned that this kind of reminds me of the classic monster movies and at the bottom of page five did you catch the little shout out a creature from space yeah playing at the local cineplex in, yep. in small town west virginia the bijou cineplex in clareton uh, there's the creature from space. And then on that very next page, uh, page six, top panel, uh, the first one you see is a nice callback to that because you've got Rom standing there um, being very tall, imposing, using his... Is, is there a special name for the tool that he uses? I think one is a neutralizer and one is an analyzer. Uh, so I'm guessing he's analyzing there. Yeah. Um, and so you and even there, like the chrome kind of effect that they accomplish with the art and the coloring, which you can also see on the cover. Is, it's just a really it's a really well done book for fans of comics. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And like it's not, you know, Spider-Man or, uh, you know, Captain America or something. Mm -hmm. But like if someone asked me for like a perfect example of a comic. I'm not saying the book is perfect, but I would, I would give this and say this is this is my idea of what mm -hmm. a comic should look like. And and it's nice to see something that's not the same as Spider-Man and not the same as Captain America that doesn't feel like it has to do exactly that thing, and yet they they share that universe. As I also saw like Rom battling Galactus and, and things like that. I yeah. saw some of those issues as it was prepping for this talk the hours and hours of prep that, that we put into <laughs> <Right>. um <laughs> but yeah yeah so so very cool book and uh a nice corner of the marvel universe i'm glad it's back as an omnibus i will be shocked if they don't do something else with rom from here i would love to see rom appear in guardians of the galaxy 
Mm-hmm. I like that totally. movie, movie Guardians. Um, that would that'd make me very happy. Um, <clears throat> I know that James Gunn, right? He's the director of the Guardians movies. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He was a huge fan of Bug. Yes. Who was, yeah, from the Micronauts. But he was unable to use him. I think he wanted to use him in the movies, but he was unable to use him. But I would yeah. love to see Rom brought in because, for one thing, I know the toy came first. And so the initial design for the characters was already set. Mm. But the, the way they kind of like, if you've ever seen the toy, it looks like a Pez dispenser. I mean, it's a gigantic head. Um, and the way they kind of humanized the design of it, uh-huh. it made for a really impressive comic character. Yeah. And yeah. My, my hope, Jason, my hope is that now that Marvel has the rights back to uh, ROM mm-hmm. and that, you know, Back in the day, it was Mattel, but now that's Hasbro that we get a Hasbro Marvel Legends ROM. I, I'm shocked there hasn't already been one. I'm I'd be shocked. very, I, I'd be very happy. That would be awesome. I wish because they will make Marvel Legends announcements at like uh, the San Diego Comic Con coming up. I yeah. get, I, I guess that would be too short of a time span to make that happen. But I really wish there would be like an announcement of a ROM space night, um, Marvel legend coming out of that because I will be first in line for that one. I was just scanning the interwebs just to see, uh, how much the ROM toy is currently going for. And (laughs) if it's still out there in the world and there are indeed some, some people on eBay, uh, that are currently selling some ROM toys. Um, and it's just shocking that they've not revisited that character and, and done a toy. But maybe now that the licensing and the rights are all maybe worked out, um, maybe so. That maybe. would be awesome. And I would love the Mantlo uh, homage of getting to see Rocket Raccoon interact with ROM as well. I'll just yeah. put that out there. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know how closely you follow the Marvel Legends stuff, but now they will put out Marvel Legends on the retro back cards instead of just like the box. They have like, you know, the way they looked back when you and I were mm-hmm, kids mm-hmm. in the 90s. Blister um, packs and such. Blister packs, yeah, with the, yeah. the cool comic art behind it. Mm-hmm. If, they, uh, if they put a ROM out with like some retro Sal Buscema art, on that yeah. card, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I will have to take a day off from work. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, I will call in and get a sub. They will say why. I will say because Rom is on a retro back card. There's Salby Sim art, and then I'll probably like my voice will probably hit like some level that can only be heard by dogs, and no one will understand. I'll just hang up and go buy it. Yeah, yeah, and they, they will understand. They, will. they know. They yeah. know us. They know us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, great recommendation. Uh, really enjoyed the book. Looking forward to reading more of it. And, and yeah, it's just like fertile ground uh, for Marvel to continue doing some cool things, I think. Well, I have already ordered from, uh, not that they are an affiliate 
for us, but cheapgraphicnovels.com is a wonderful place to get your uh, trade paperbacks, your omnibuses, your epic collections, your whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I've already ordered the the ROM omnibus from them. And hopefully that comes, that will come to me in January and I will devour that. Nice. And then if you would like to read it, I'll be happy to pass it your way. And I think it's the first 29 issues with um, the Power Man and Iron Fist comic that he appears in because it hasn't been <clears throat> reprinted in years because of you know, what we said about the, the rights and all that. So You're such a good friend. Good friends share comics. And yeah, I, I would love to grab that from you. I'm a former librarian. I'll take good care of it. I, I won't drink dangerous chemicals in general but i mean i wouldn't do that anyway Um, but i won't do that while i'm reading it um but yeah yeah um exciting things and great storytelling in the world of rom speaking of action figures this is uh not an official segment on the show but any cool finds it could be uh any cool finds from the action figure world that you that you want to tell me about Definitely. So I'm a huge Marvel Legends fan. And I was on a class field trip. It's a week long. It's pretty intense. Class field trips are intense for like one day. Uh, A week long would be, wow, that is very intense. That's like camping. Yeah. Um, And so I thought when when I was on this trip that I could use a little... A little reward for doing my my job, you know, on this trip. Yeah. Um, bought myself a little something pretty, and it came today, and it is Hawkeye on his uh, Sky Cycle. I love the detail. I love the the sculpting, the craftsmanship, and I love that it comes with the Sky Cycle with a nice transparent. Uh, what do you what would you call it? A windshield front guess, cover yeah. thing. Um, yeah, love that. It is so pretty. It comes. It's on a stand. Mm-hmm. And put it on a stand, and like <clears throat> Jason and I have talked about this before. We're both huge action figure fans from back in the day, mm-hmm. and and the current day too. Love. Well, yeah, that's what now. I was going to say. Is it like? But if they had not, you know, advanced past what you and I collected, or you know, what we played with, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't be interested in, in them. But the way they look now. I mean, the people at home, they cannot see the magnificence of Hawkeye on his sky cycle. That's true. That's true. We might have to put like a, a pick on the post when we share this out. Yeah, that would, be, that would make no sense to anybody. Like, <laughs> and we, that's what I go for. <laughs> yeah, we covered Rom the Space Knight, and there's a Marvel Legends Hawkeye. People that's are like, right. what, that's what, right. what, what are these guys doing? It's a bait and switch. <clears throat> Yeah, but, um, you know, I got it today and I was like, oh, man, did I really need that? I'm a full full grown man. Do I really? And then I took it out of the box and I put it all together and I put it up here on my little display. And I was like, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. I needed that. It makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, it's (laughs) it's a good one. Did I just I totally disappeared. Wow. Disappearing. Oh are, my goodness. Are you a dire wraith? Are you being sent to limbo by Rom right this second? Yeah, for for those that are listening out there, I had a, a audio like this, this is a virtual background for our meeting 
uh, and I just completely disappeared. So I'm going to have to turn off my visual effects. My goodness. <laughs> you were just kind of fading out gently. Uh, yeah. And now I'm a force ghost. I'm purple. I don't know. Um, but, mm. but we'll go with it. Let's see. I'll put a hat on. Maybe that'll, that'll yeah. help. Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, action figures, let me get let me get back to that um, <laughs> while I figure out my image for this audio podcast, mind you. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> have you seen the Roxy Rocket action figure? Roxy. From Roxy Rocket. It's like a Batman animated series action figure. No. I've not oh, seen dude. That. I got to show that. I got to show you that sometime because it has, uh, you know, it has that classic like Bruce Tim style and it comes with a ginormous rocket. There's no better way to say it. It's a ginormous rocket. Oh, I see. <clears throat> I think I see it here. Mm -hmm. is, is this. Uh, is, is this it right here? Can you see that? Yep. Yep. That would be it in the yep. long box. Yep. Yeah. That looks. Uh... Like, I have no idea who this character is, mm -hmm. um, but it looks impressive. It looks great. Yeah, it's one of those, like, little-known characters that if you read the Batman Adventures or watched the TV show, she made a first appearance in, like, an annual in the Batman Adventures in the mid-'90s um, and then eventually made an appearance on the show. And so one of those characters, you know, growing up, I was like, I need this. Why don't I have this action figure? And then they released it a couple of years ago. So um, action figures just just continue to be a really nice art form. Yeah. I mean, they <clears throat> they truly are. Like, I'm looking at all my legends right now here in front of me. And they really are just like little 3D uh, statues. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. like they—they they aren't action figures. They—they—they're they're like little statues uh, of these characters that we've we've loved for so long. Um, one of my favorites is uh, Hercules from mm -hmm. the Marvel Marvel Legends line. Um, one of my favorite figures of all time. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, Oh, there was one more thing I was going to say, getting back to to Rom and the Dire Wraiths and all that. I took that, us down a side path. I'm sorry. No, I like the side path. <clears throat> there was a disaster. It's fine. Um, half the figures just fell down. Um, oh, no. It's all right. So I didn't really make the connection because I only had that one issue when I was a kid of Rom. Mm -hmm. But Limbo was a part of the uh, larger Marvel universe. It wasn't really just centered on on Rom. Like the Avengers stumbled around in Limbo uh, in a few different issues. Uh. And there was one issue I was reading just last night from the 80s that it references. Well, it's let's see. It's Hercules, Black Knight, and Wasp. And they're like wandering around in Limbo. Uh -huh. And... Uh, Kang, they're fighting Kang. Uh, he's the new Thanos, right? That's what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> joking, uh, just joking, yeah. just joking. <laughs> um, but all of a sudden, the Avengers have to beat just an entire army of dire wraiths because Limbo is where they were at, and Limbo is where Rom sent them. Um, so it was you know kind of interesting to 
to little see see that little connection there to wow. the larger Marvel universe. Even I think Wasp even says something like, "Rom, this is where Rom sends the dire rates or something like that." She made some reference to it. So, Love that. Yeah, it was just kind of cool. And you know that writers and artists, I mean, they're fans. I, I don't know why someone would necessarily get into the world of making comics unless they already love these things, uh, you know, especially particular comics like Marvel. Um, and so, you know, that's just got to be like a fun thing for a writer and an artist to get to do and to throw back to. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be such a, such a joy to, to do that kind of stuff, work in those little Easter eggs, even like the little fun ones that I think we've mentioned on here before where like, uh, when Thor had his new identity and he was still Thor, mm -hmm. but they put him in glasses. Yeah. And when he comes out of the elevator or something, he bumps into a, uh, another guy wearing glasses in a blue suit with black hair. And the guy's like, hey, that looks like, ah, nah, couldn't be. <laughs> so you know it's like a little superman appearance in a in a thor comic so you know that stuff is fun for them oh yeah absolutely absolutely well um what's next on the agenda well i'm gonna see if i can crawl out of this aquarium that i'm currently in at some sure. point uh yeah. but yeah i i was trying to think of something outside of the big two love my dc grew up with my dc uh, love the Marvel, and you continue to introduce me to new things in Marvel. But I was thinking about worlds outside of that, and so I propose that we take a look at the time that this character called the Savage Dragon met a character called Hellboy. And so looking at the worlds of Eric Larson, Mike Mignola, um, looking at those characters coming together, which happens around Savage Dragon issue 34. It's, a, I think, a two or three issue arc. But I was thinking it would be fun to kind of check some of those out. Um, talk about green men with large muscles, as well as uh, Spawn of the Devil characters. And, and just the kind of the fun universe that they live in for a little while. That sounds great. <clears throat> I'm, I've always been a fan of Eric Larson and his his art. I did not read a ton of Savage Dragon, but I, I read quite a bit. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and of course, you know, Mike Mignola with Hellboy is just, that's amazing stuff. So I'm very yeah. excited to tackle that next time. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell the story because I know everybody out there, all of our millions and millions of fans will want to hear the story of the first time that I encountered Mike Mignola. I almost called him Mark. I don't know why. Mike Mignola's work, which is uh, it takes me back to a little little shop that lasted about two minutes called Magazine King, also mm. in West Virginia. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. That sounds good. Um, sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Are, are we getting all sorts of emails from people out there? Are people reaching out and saying, hey, we love your hair. Um, can you talk about Tales from Nottingham? Uh, I mean, are we getting people out there that are just responding? No. Uh, I was, I was going to lie to you uh, uh, and say that, yes, that um, I was getting a deluge of emails daily 
but I'm not. So we would really like it if people would email us <clears throat> and talk to us about the show. Uh, we could feature your email on the show, even if you think we're horrible. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, so what is it? We, we teach school, you know, like yeah, we're used to harsh opinions. <laughs> that's right. I, I have a daily critique of what I have on. It's totally fine. That's um, true. And, and yeah, so we spent probably half of our budget for this thing on this email address through Gmail. Yeah. Uh, the comic obsessive yeah. at gmail.com. So if you want to reach out, uh, tell us some good things, tell us some things to work on, um, tell us some issues that you want us to talk about or things like that. We, we'd really enjoy that. That would be a nice thing. It would. I'd like to hear from you. Yep. <clears throat> so Jason said it, the comic obsessive at gmail.com let us know what you think we'd love to hear from you yep yep well uh as always as we like to say and, and i have a new catchphrase which is now uh good friends share comics because you you've shared so many comics with me the past couple of weeks i just appreciate it so much and well, of course yeah yeah I, I might introduce a new segment next we might just do a new segment every time yeah, you know I like um, it. Yeah, uh, so I might introduce like a, a pick from Adam's uh, collection or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah, sounds uh, the, good. The other thing we like to say is stay obsessive out stay there, everybody. Obsessive. Enjoy yep. the images of Hugh Jackman in the classic Wolverine costume. That was uh, exciting. That was exciting. And, and check out some new comics, support some creators, and stay obsessive. Stay obsessive.